0: spring into action this year with a brand new ride at Audi Atlanta. Brian Finnerin here, eager to help you kick off the season behind the wheel of a well-equipped, 2024 Audi Q5 E SUV with plug-in hybrid technology. Available now at Audi Atlanta. It's literally the perfect SUV for those who have been thinking about EV but might not be ready to go all in. With Audi's plug-in hybrid technology, you get the best of both worlds. The electric power for in-town driving and a full tank of gas to eliminate that range anxiety for those out-of-town adventures. Right now, you can lease the Audi Q5 E plug-in hybrid for only $560 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com and use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop in person on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Drive into spring with style at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease. 2024 Audi Q5 E55 S-Line Quattro. 560 per month, 10,000 miles per year with $49.54 due at signing. Example stock number 825448. MSRP 62495 Excludes tax, title, and state fees. Offer expires 4124 with approved credit.
1: Okay, now back and next on the tee with me is our resident director of instruction, Tom Patrick. As you guys know by now, if you want to play your best golf ever this season, go see Tom down at club champion in Naples, Florida. If you can't get down there, do what he's forcing me to do, and that's download the V1 video app and send Tom videos of your golf swing through that app. You can find Tom online at tompatry.com and on Instagram at tompatrygolf. Be sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel, folks. You're going to get over 300 free playing lessons and do what I do. I take my earpods and my cell phone with me to the driving range so I can watch and put those tips into place right there on the spot on the range. As always, it's a privilege to have Tom as part of the show, and I'm excited he is back with me again this week. Hey, TP, how are you, my friend? Boy! (laughs) TP, you're the best. How are you, my friend? You doing all right?
2: I'm I'm good, pal. I'm a little uh, fried. It was a little toasty out there today. Got up to a mere 98 degrees here. It was a little... 100% 100% humidity. But other than that, it was nice. It was nice, it was nice out there. Though. It was beautiful. No doubt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tom, I want to start our time this week by getting your thoughts on a player who seems like he has come back from the dead, and that's Ricky Fowler. We're starting to see him consistently now on the first page of leaderboard. Struggles a little bit in the final rounds. We saw that a couple of weeks ago at the U.S. Open when he had a share of the 54 hole lead, shot 75 on Sunday. Back in the mix this past week. Didn't quite get it done, but still. Hanging in there in the top 10. He is light years from where we saw him over the last few years. What do you think about what you're seeing from Ricky?
2: Two words, Butch Harmon. So once again, the man, the myth, the legend resurrects the golf game. Um, you know, Ricky was with him playing well, left him and things went a little sideways and then he got way sideways as you said, Chris. And I, I think that, you know, listen. We know we know, we know what an unbelievable talent he is, but we also know that when he was on the slide, we saw him in more TV commercials than we saw in Final Round Pairings. Um So I think you know, marriage. You know, a lot of sponsorships getting getting kind of waylaid, leaving Butch. I think there are a lot of contributing factors there, but I think he's got to kind of back in order. I think Butch has put him back in order. I think marriage has put him back in order. I think prioritizing. His golf game has put him back in order. Listen, he's a great talent. He was—he was probably as high as was he top ten in the world. I'm sure he was at one time. Right. Um, and and I, th- I think we've seen a lot of really good trend these last six to eight weeks. I think he wins before the end of the year. Is that right? Before the end of the year this season? Yeah, yeah this season. I think he, I think he, I'm going out on a limb here. I think we. Yeah. Not many tournaments games. left. No, there's not a lot. I think we have seen we win before the end of the year.
1: Wow. Okay. And let's but let's take that whole situation uh, another step forward because we saw Jordan Spieth fall off the planet for a few years just like Ricky did. We've seen Justin Thomas start to struggle a little bit. My goodness, he shot eighty one to miss the cut a couple of weeks ago. Those three guys that they're 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 really good friends and the three amigos and that sort of thing. But it doesn't feel like this sort of thing falling off after playing really really well for a number of years. Paisan our Paisan also did the same thing uh francisco molinari um he he was right up there at the top of his game was in a position to win a masters in 2019 until a ball fell fell in the water on 12. it seems like guys that play well they, they they can lose their way for a little while some of its injuries right brooks kepka right he had the knee injury and, and that caused him to fall off for a while but golf is a game right tom i mean sometimes you, you start to get into a bad habit here or there maybe you got some bad instruction ricky i don't know uh and needed needed to find it again but it's a it's a game where you can fall out for a little while until you can kind of find yourself again not all that unusual do you think
2: i first of all i don't think he had any bad instruction i I don't think he got instruction that matched his needs i mean i think there's a difference i think the people he saw after butch um they're they're all quality people but you've, you've got to match the instructor with the player um Sometimes it's simply a personality, you know, conflict, or you know, just just a, a communication that isn't clear. You know, um, it, it's you know, these guys are very fragile guys. It's a very fine line between on a PGA tour between winning and finish, finishing finishing thirtieth. I mean, it, it's a very fine line. People don't realize how fine the line is. And then all those players you named, you know, Chris. I think you look back at Arnold, and you look back at Jack, and you look at Gary. Billy Casper and in that generation, there wasn't nearly all the distraction, the social media, you know, playing and living living under a microscope, uh, all the different things that are presented to them, um, the endorsements, uh, the travel constantly overseas of bigger and better events, um, corporate outings. Yeah, it's it's just, it's almost too much, you know, and then the season's awful long and you know we've talked about the we talked about our opinion about the wraparound season and how long this goes on and very little time off to recharge. I think there's a lot of contributing factors. and I think it's hard this game to sustain that level of play, which is you know, which is world class level play against very deep fields. It's very, very easy to get, like you said, sidetracked just a little bit.
1: You mentioned the word fragile a moment ago. It leads me to my next question because I want to talk to you about junior golf and junior players. What are some of the challenges about teaching today's junior players versus what it was like when we were growing up and we were kids out there taking lessons from our club, pro?
2: Well, Nate, you're going to get me in a lot of trouble now. Cause we're going to get some nasty emails and text messages <laughs> from parents. You know, it's, it's amazing to me, you know, Chris, when I, when I, I, was, I had a really, really, really good junior career. Uh, probably, I think I won 17 times Won the Met junior, which is the oldest junior in America. Uh, junior world, played in junior world. I mean, played in a lot of great at the Orange Bowl, played in a lot of great events and had a lot of successes Uh, and then had the same kind of success during my college career. And, you know, when I started playing golf, my first set of clubs was a set of Berg Woods and Irons, women's clubs that were, you know, not slightly used, but very used. And obviously we didn't know anything about fitting. There was no V1. There was no body track. there, There was no track man, you know. You took, you took some old balls you dug out of the lake and you put them in a, in a bag and you put up the range at the back and you practice by yourself until your hands hurt. And you, you kind of figured things out. You know, maybe there was a good player at the club and you kind of watched him play or do some shots and you kind of mimic that. Um, and these kids come to me today, they've got fitted golf clubs. They you might have four or $5,000 in their bag and exotic shafts. Uh, they, they've all got V1 on their cell phones. They get instruction. They they play in junior tournaments, practice rounds. They have some of them have a trainer, um, and the vast majority of them, in my opinion, can't break an egg. Um, <laughs> it, it's amazing to me, and, and 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 it's a lot of it's the entitlement. And it's a lot of it's the, the parents' fault, the overkill, giving them probably too much, too soon. Um, I I just think I think it's that I think they've gotten on a bad track in a lot of respects in junior golf. And uh, it's, it's just, it's out of control, you know, really, it really is out of control.
1: So let's take that out of control statement and take that a step further, because one of the things that people will argue is out of control in the game right now is the technology that we have. And you've actually found some new irons that you put in play, gained a little bit of yardage. Talk about how the new technology is actually helping in this case with you and your game.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think technology, when used properly and used, and I'm going to use another word, sparingly, uh, and not jammed down people's throats, is, is a really powerful thing and a good thing. I think there are a lot of teachers out there, I'm going to get in trouble for this one, too, that hide behind technology because they really don't have a real good handle on cause and effect. So they just they just kind of blurt out numbers off of a TrackMan screen. And if you really ask them to really dive in and explain the cause and effect of those numbers or what the hell to do with those numbers. Yeah, you, know, you got the number now, well, now what do you do with it? You told the student what the number is, what their, what their launch angle is, what their face and path is, what their angle of attack is, what their spin rates are, what their smash factor is. Okay, now what are you going to do with that? You know, Sparky, what are you going to do with that information? <laughs> and and they can't, they can't do that. And, and we, I've had this discussion with, and I'm not going to use any names, but some really, really fine teachers in the world that are from my generation. And they kind of frown a little bit at the younger teacher today who hides behind those things. Like I said, um, you know, you're right. I just went through a fitting for, you know, you know, I'm a Titleist guy and I'm I'm a very, very loyal Titleist guy. I'm one of the leadership advisory staff and I just got fitted for new irons. I don't understand how these companies, Titleist being my favorite, of course, comes out every year and produces a better iron, a better ball, a better driver, a better head shaft combination. Uh, I'm 64 years old, and just went through this fitting, and my ball speed went up three miles an hour. My 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 launch went up, you know, you know, several degrees. My my peak height went up five or six feet. Um, my carry distance went up about four or five yards. Um, how does that happen at 64? Well, it's it's not me, obviously. It's the technology because I'm an old dog, and and they 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 just taught me a new trick. Um, <laughs> it's amazing, amazing. And Chris, really, yeah. Clubs aside, the biggest single difference I think today, as compared to when I played competitively, is the golf ball. It's just, it's amazing. I mean, if if you put a three ninety two Ballada in these players' hands today, they think they were hitting a marshmallow. We thought it was the greatest (laughs) ball in the planet, and it went and it went the furthest back then, and it went much further back then than the previous ball, and we thought it was amazing. Well, the three ninety two Ballada compared to the Pro V one. Is like an Etzel compared to a Ferrari. It's <laughs> it's it's not even close. It's not even close. And then my friend Chris Mostero is going to get on the ball, you know, your <laughs> you know, hotline. But we just saw these guys play at LA Country Club and eight under, eight, under, eight under was leading after the first round and all of a sudden 10 under one after the fourth round. So there's different ways to protect the golf course and protect the game. But the equipment today is just outstanding. and And the guys in these R&D rooms, are really smart guys. I mean, they're just incredibly bright, and they're going to they're gonna push the equipment right to the limit of, of legality. Um, it's just, it's just amazing. You know, it really is.
1: I tell you what, I'd love to see Tom, and you know, as we get into the fall, you know, back in our day, that, w- that was silly season on the PGA Tour, right, with the skins games and stuff yep, like that. Yep. I would love to see a tournament with the guys with persimmon woods and the old uh, irons and a lot balls, and watch them go idea. out there and play. I think how, how that would yeah. work out. I'd love to see it's, that.
2: You know, Chris, you know, during COVID, I turned my, my garage here at the house into a studio. I you know, put Trackman out there, I put a flat screen out there, got a nice net and a really great, great mat out there, and dressed it up. And it, it really is kind of cool. And, I, and I've got a bag of old clubs out there. I've got a bunch of toys out there. Obviously, all my stuff is out there. But I've got the driver that I won the 81 NCAA Division II National Championship with. It's a Tony Penn and Persimmon. He's ready for this? With a Gamma Fire insert. Ooh, gamma, yeah, it was hot. It was like that <laughs> if you put that gamma fire insert in the persimmon head, you were you were you were uptown, baby. You were hitting that thing. <laughs> that thing was coming out of there hot. It looks like a pea shooter. It looks like a it looks like a looks like a, a little boy, a little kid's club. It's un- I put it next to it you know, a you know, a T series driving down from titles. It looks like it looks like a toy club. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no it's a, and, no and doubt. we and we thought it was the greatest thing on the planet, you know? It was just unbelievable.
1: No doubt. Tom, one thing I've talked to Gary Player about over the years is how great a player Bobby Locke was. He had an unconventional putting stroke, as did another great putter, Isao Aoki, and then a, a good friend of this show, Billy Mayfair, is a little unconventional. Talk about getting it done, unconventional.
2: First of all, Chris, I don't think you know this. In 1984, I played the South African tour, and I had the pleasure of meeting Bobby Locke. Um, wow, which was 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 a real thrill. I mean, it was it was quick accident. I came off the of green during a practice round. And Mr. Player was there and he was introducing all the American players that came through to Bobby. He was, you know, quite old at the time, but but still very much with it. And uh, it, it was a real thrill. So that, that, that was a big thrill in my career meeting Bobby Locke one time. But you know, all three of those putting strokes you mentioned, Locke, Ioki, and Billy um are, are so <laughs> are not even close to conventional or classic, if you whatever you want to call it. Um they, you know, Bobby almost hooked his putts. Aoki, I can't even see, kind of punch, jab, flipped at it, and and Billy kind of was was a big cutter with an open face, and they all put they were great, not good putters, they were great putters. So, as a player, and then as a former player, and now as a coach, when somebody comes to me who's a good player with a putting issue or a putting question, I watch him hit a lot of putts before I make any changes. Um, you know, if they can get the ball to roll at the hole down there and hit in line and they control their speed, um, it's probably something very, very minor. So I'm not going to rush in and change the world. There's been a lot of strokes that are less than conventional. Um, Brad Faxon doesn't look anything like Ben Crenshaw, you know, and and they both were pretty good putters. Um, and the three guys you named, of course, you know, Locke Aoki and Billy were were really good putters. And, I mean, if you looked at it on the video and you didn't know how good they were, you'd probably want to throw up. Um, but they putted pretty damn good, so there's more than one way to skin a cat. Uh, some people are just, you know, they're outliers. They're they're freaks. Um, some guys freaks in the putting stand in the putting uh, genre, and some guys are freaks from tee to green. Some guys are freaks in terms of the way they pitch and chip the ball. Um, you know, you leave that alone. Those guys, those guys you mentioned were not good. They were some of the all-time greats rolling the rock. Um, there's more than one way to get it done. But
1: if you if you see somebody like that, I mean, that's, that's got to be hard as a PGA professional. Because if Bobby Locke came to you today, and was you know set up on the green and he's and he's putting, is that something that you could have the the inner discipline to let him continue to do? To your point, I mean, he used to almost pull hook a putt, but goodness gracious, you know, and hit it on the toe, and it went in obviously almost every time. But that's got to be tough to see. I mean, I, I, we're in an era of swing your swing, and I get all of that. But when you see someone on a putting green that is doing something so unconventional, right? A, Aoki, right? He had the toe of the putter sitting you know, way up in the air. He almost hit everything on the heel of the putter, but a fantastic putter. Can How is it yep. as a PGA professional to, you know, I've got to give you the shakes. Like, no, 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 you, you, you're doing it wrong. Let's, let's, you got to get that, put, that toe down you know, how do you not, how do you resist the opportunity to change things?
2: So I'm going to, I'm going to answer it. I'm gonna answer it with a story way back in the, I'm going to go way back to the early nineties. I was asked to do a, um, a round table or talk, if you will, for the, uh, to the Tennessee PGA. And, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was in Nashville. and I was a pretty young teacher at the time, but, you know, really I'd always been a student of the game. and. It was on this very topic, you know, when do you change? When do you not change? How do you make how do you make the decision? And I i assembled 12 slides of a player um, from start to finish in certain key positions in the golf playing, 12, 12 different positions. The player uh had the only thing missing from all the slides, except for the last slide, was the player's head. He had no head. And he was in a pair of uh uh jeans, some Nike sneakers, and a t-shirt. And he was in, you know, a dress position takeaway halfway back. Top, halfway down, pre-impact, impact, extension, and then follow through. And I was up on a stage, and I had, uh, you know, this all on a on a big giant screen on on the stage, and you know, a, and a, and a remote to click the sc- you know click the slides. And I asked big auditorium, 300 professionals in the auditorium, mostly young young teachers. And I said to them, I'm going to put the first each slide up, and I want you to come up and tell me what you want to change in that slide, what you want to change in that one position. And I had a uh, ink pen and an overhead projector on a different screen. And I'm going I said, I'm gonna list each one of the things you guys want to change as we go along. So I went through these eleven slides, and by the time I got to the eleven slides, there were three hundred recommendations of things to change. I was writing them down. Just write. They'd come up and make a comment. I'd write it down. Next, come on up. Write. Do you want somebody else in this slide? Come up. Next slide. And here we go. There were three hundred things that this audience decided in these eleven slides. That in your opinion, name might change. I put up the twelfth slide, and the twelfth slide had the player's head on, it. and it was a guy named Fred Couples. Wow! I, I said, so what you guys just did is you just destroyed probably a hundred million dollar career. <laughs> because what you didn't do, what you didn't do, was ask me about the ball flight, the repeatability of the ball flight, the shape, the trajectory. Could he do it on a swing in and swing out basis? Which obviously we know he can do that. So again, you know, he's a friend of mine, Chris, and that's why I used him. That's why I had access to those pictures. But, you know, here's an outlier. Here's something that's not conventional. And if you and I went to a tour event tomorrow and walked down the practice team, and you've been to plenty of tour events, and I, we walked down, I said to you, here's 144 of the best players in the world. I want you to stop me each time you get to a player who you think is really purely classical. Well, you might stop at Adam Scott and you might, yep. you might stop at Tiger in his prime and you might stop at Steve Elkington when he was playing. And I'm, I'm going to have a stretch here to try to find a fourth or fifth and a sixth guy. But if you ask me to stop each time at a guy that wasn't conventional, that had a funny grip or a funny takeaway, you know, or a funny posture or funny wrist set or a funny position at the top, we could stop at every other guy but those four or five guys I named and, and we could pick them apart. But they're the best players in the world. In the world um you know tony Fino doesn't look conventional jim Furick doesn't look conventional fred couples doesn't look conventional uh you know bryson DeChambeau doesn't look conventional <laughs> now we, we can go on and on you know ricky at right. the top ricky doesn't look conventional you know um so i think as a teacher the discipline the real discipline is you can you can change anything you want, but before you rush in and change anything, whether it's putting, full swing, short game, make the player hit a fair number of shots. And if there's a pattern that's repeatable, if the contact is out of the middle of the face, the ball flies at the same trajectory and shapes the same exact way every time. As long as it's not overdone in its shape, you better leave them alone. You better leave them alone because you might be you might be going down a rabbit hole that. Doesn't do any good and does some harm. Yeah.
1: Tom, one more before I let you go. Oh, this I don't is... want to
2: go yet, Chris. let's not go <laughs> yet?
1: I appreciate you. It's U.S. Senior Open weekend, as you know. My next guest is Rob labritz someone you've known for a long time since your junior golf days up there at the in the Mets section. Tell me what you know about Rob.
2: Well, first of all, he's one of the fine human beings on the planet. He's, he's a wonderful guy. We've known each other for quite a while. Um, I don't don't know Rob as well as I'd like to. We spent time together, but we do communicate on social media quite a bit. Um, Here's what I do know. He's a classy individual. He works his ass off. He's had this dream for a long time. He told all of us 10 years ago he was going to do exactly what he's doing. I'm going to go play the senior tour. I'm going to qualify and play the senior tour. Um, and, And not only did he qualify, but he was the medalist qualifying school which is as you know chris no small feat um he's a hell of a player it's no secret it was no secret to us in the Meth section how good a player he was he kicked all of our asses for a long time um and in a section might be the strongest playing section in the country of pga professionals qualified for multiple majors made it made it made a cut at the pga championship if i'm not mistaken at beth page uh and and did himself very proud there um and all the time, all the times I have been around Rob, and it's been multiple times, he's just is just a real quality human being. So you're you got a great guest coming up there. Uh, please do say hi for me. I think the world of him. Please remind him, and he made a promise to me that he was going to win this year, and he hasn't done that yet. And I'm kind of pissed off about that because when he, <laughs> when he does when he does win, I want to take full credit for it. <laughs> I even, bet even you he, do. Even though his swing coach is a guy named Carl Alexander, who is a wonderful teacher and a wonderful player in the Mets section at the Country Government Purchase and the guy I have a lot of respect for. But I'm going to take credit just because I wished to not. Um, <laughs> he, he's a really good guy. I, I love him to death. and I, uh, I hope you enjoy your time with him because you got a quality guy. I'm sure I will.
1: Tom, before I let you go, remind our listeners again how they can stay up to date with all the great things that Tom Patry is out there doing by following you on your website and over social media as well.
2: Yeah, Chris, you know, all the regular places, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, yada, yada, yada. My website is www.tompatry.com. Um, I'm off I'm off to the races this week, Chris, on a long trip to the Northeast for a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to it. A couple of golf schools, a little golf at some great places, Old Sandwich and Winged Foot and, uh, Wingfoot and uh, back in the med section. So I hope Rob's jealous of that while he's out there in the senior open, getting his brains beaten in by a tough golf course. Um we love you, Chris. We love what you do. I'm, I'm honored to be on the show every other week with you, and, and you're the best in the whole world.
1: I think that that's you, my friend, but I appreciate that very much. Safe travels. All the best to you uh, and, uh, and Miss Denise, and I look forward to catching up with you again in a couple of weeks.
2: Thanks, pal. I look forward to hearing about Robbie.
1: Yep, absolutely. Take care, my friend. We'll catch up Bye-bye. soon. That is the great Tom Patry, and folks, it's P-A-T-R-I is the spelling of his last name. If you don't know, TomPatry.com, Tom Golf on Instagram, and be sure again, subscribe to that YouTube channel, get all those free playing lessons, and take those to the to the range with you. You're going to come out better on the other side, and they don't come better than Tom Patry. So lucky to have him as part of the the show on a regular basis, and looking forward to catching up with him again in a couple of weeks.
0: Spring into action this year with a brand new ride at Audi Atlanta. Brian Finnerin here, eager to help you kick off the season behind the wheel of a well-equipped 2024 Audi Q5e SUV with plug-in hybrid technology available now at Audi Atlanta. It's literally the perfect SUV for those who have been thinking about EV but might not be ready to go all in. With Audi's plug-in hybrid technology, you get the best of both worlds. The electric power for in-town driving and a full tank of gas to eliminate that range anxiety for those out-of-town adventures. Right now, you can lease the Audi Q5E plug-in hybrid for only $560 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com and use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire Purchase online or shop in person on Peachtree Boulevard, just inside the perimeter. Drive into Spring with style at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36 month lease. 2024 Audi Q5 e55 S Line Quattro, 560 per month, 10,000 miles per year, with 4954 due at signing. Example stock number 825448. MSRP 62,495. Excludes tax, title, and state fees. Offer expires 4124 with approved credit. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team, build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you, too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding –